Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. What's up, everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and welcome to a special in-the-box edition of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, powered by Capiche.com. This is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering hockey in our region. Hands down, my favorite part of the show is when I get to sit with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as I chat with Sam Chima, professional hockey player, author, and creative strategist. What's up, everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Sam Chima, professional hockey player, author, and creative strategist. Sam, thank you so much for taking the time to call in today. Thanks, Travis. Thanks for having me on. Um, Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your hockey background? Uh, Yeah, sure. Um... So I grew up in pretty unconventional kind of hockey market in the UK. Um, I'm not that old, so I watched the Mighty Ducks when I was three years old and uh, said to my parents, like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And they kind of looked at each other and were like, well, what is, what is this? Right. Um, and then I, from there, I found out it was a rink not far from me, 20 minutes down the road. Grew up playing in, um, in Guildford. Um, with Guildford went pretty much to Finland and all different places growing up. And then um, in the last couple of years, in the summer specifically, moved to the States and to New York and the city. Um, but yeah, I've been playing semi-professionally for the last four years, five years now. I love it. I love it. Um, do you have any favorite memories or moments as a player that you can just share with us? Um, I would say... Probably my favorite moment playing hockey was probably recently um, when I was out in Kazakhstan um, with GB at the World Games, um, just playing against Canada, USA, Slovakia, Korea, um, you know, watching the likes of Russians, like guys I played against on Team Canada are now playing the AHL. Um, so yeah, so that's that's probably like the highlight, I'd say, um, of my, uh, you know, of hockey so far. You know, let me ask you, since you brought up the international, because I know you represent Great Britain on the international stage, what are your thoughts on the NHL not going to South Korea for the uh, 2018 Winter Games? Um, I think it's kind of screwed up, to be honest. Like, you know, the best opportunity to market the game uh, on the world stage is, you know, 
know, you need to kind of, you need to have the best players there and it's just going to detract away from what hockey is and growing the game even more. It's going to put probably um, little limitations of what hockey can bring to outside, but. I, I would agree, and I think it's going to get messy because you got guys like Alexander Ovechkin who have already publicly stated on more than one occasion that they're going irregardless. And actually, the owner of the Washington Capitals, Ted Leonsis, has given uh, Ovechkin his blessing to go. So I wonder how many high-profile guys are going to, uh, you know, ask for a leave of absence from their NHL team. But on the flip side, you know, as a fan, if I'm paying top dollar to go to MSG, I want to see the top players, you know, and. Uh, and as an owner, you know, heaven forbid Ovechkin goes over there and gets injured, you know, what's that going to mean long-term for the health of, uh, of the franchise? So, um, we'll well, definitely... I think the biggest thing there is, like, they're talking about the insurance. Right. Um, who's going to pay for the insurance of the players and stuff. But, like, um, guys like Ovechkin and Malkin and, you know, like Team Russia means everything to them. Yep. Uh, um, so it's going to be more, very interesting to what happens with the European teams. Um, so does Lundqvist go? Um, you know, he's already won one gold medal. Does he go again if he doesn't win his cup this year? Um, yeah, like, it's going to be very interesting. Like, the Canadian and American guys, like, you know, you don't really have many American guys playing overseas top-level hockey, like in the KHL or the Swedish. So they're going to be pushed to kind of um, put a team together at the top level. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where they get those athletes from, um, again, to represent the United States on the world stage. So um, what's the hockey scene like in England, Sam? I mean, I know you mentioned that you, you were inspired at the age of three by watching the Mighty Ducks movie. You, you found out that there was a rink maybe 20 minutes away. But what's the overall scene like in England? Can you describe it for us? Um, yeah, it's, there's not many rinks. Um, there's probably under 30 rinks in the whole of the U.K., um, most organizations kind of have like a, 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 a organization set up where you have a professional team and you say the same team has a teams going all the way down to like under eights. Um, but again, so it's not like the States where you'll play Bannums and, you know, midget major, midget minor, um, all each age groups, two years age group. So you're always playing with older guys or you're playing with someone you're younger. Um, as they get progress on, um, and yeah, and, and it is a struggle because you do have to travel quite a bit. Um, you know, we're fortunate in the south where geographically everything's kind of like a bit closer together. So your furthest away game when you're a kid is probably about two and a half hour drive, but then when you play national finals and whatnot, you're looking at like five six hour drives. Mm. Um, when you play on the national team, you're looking to drive in the Sheffield which is probably a four-hour drive um, just for practice. So, yeah, it does definitely, it's a bit different, a bit out there, train late night, train really early in the morning. Um, and again, it's expensive because of limitations. But it, it's growing, like, you know, on the top end of the sport, um, Bowers recently kind of, like, invested quite a little bit in sponsorship. Um and yeah, so it's definitely growing at that level, but it's the grassroots is kind of stagnating a bit, which needs to kind of kick on. Okay, okay. What's uh, 
is the high school hockey scene big in England? You know, I know you described a little bit, you know, earlier how it works, um, you know, at the younger ages. But, you know, again, my, my podcast focused primarily on high school hockey in the Hudson Valley. And I know you got a taste of that when you spent a yeah. little bit of time up in uh, at SUNY New Paltz. And, and I definitely want to hear a little bit more about your experience in the Hudson Valley. But is high school hockey big, quote unquote, in England, would you say? Yeah. We don't, uh, like my high school, which we call a secondary school. Yeah. Um, my high school in the UK, like, we didn't have, I was the only person who played ice hockey, so um, we didn't have any teams uh, in high school. It was all rugby, football, cricket. Um, so, yeah, so you would have to play them sports or basketball. Um, so, we all the guys that kind of play on the team all went to different schools, and we came together three days a week to practice and play two games a weekend together. So, it was more... I would say it's it's like a travel program, yeah. or, or like or like a club, almost like a club team. Yeah, you know? so it's, it's it's the same as like probably you know a double A travel program, but not as many games. I'd say you you have more practices than games. Okay. Whereas like in like you know you take like Hudson Valley Polar Bears, they pay more games and practices. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's how it kind of is in the UK. It's just you just don't have enough guys playing hockey or girls playing hockey to. You know, at any school to fill 20 people because, uh, you know, you can't even get a rink anywhere near club school anyway. Um, what, are the, what are some of the differences between, uh, you know, English hockey and U.S. hockey? Because I know you play on both sides of the of the pond, so to speak. Are there any market differences between the level of play or the style of play between uh, England and the States? Yeah. I would say um, the style of play in the U.S. is like... 100 mile an hour and crash and bang and uh, that's literally at north-south. There's no real, um, you know, if you get the puck on the red line, most guys go north, they don't go south, go transition D to D, they, they just try to go straight back to the other end. Um, the European style and the UK style, it's very much like you get the puck, you bring it back to defense, you go D to D, you assess, wingers curl. Um, you make a better breakout pass and you kind of enter the zone as like a unit spy. Huh. Um, okay. So like the biggest differences and obviously, you know, in Kazakhstan, like you see that because like first shift you're getting, you know, you get the puck, you have no time on the puck at all because, you know, these guys are coming at you and they're finishing their checks. Yeah. Um, but you know, if, if you are a smart hockey player, you can like take the hit, ride it out and then bank it off and you've got normally got two on one against that kind of like opposition. So, that's um that's kind of like the notable differences um in terms of play and I would say the European style of the NHL is now it's coming like it's, it's pretty big especially now limitations on what you can and can't do in terms of playing the body um, in terms of holding guys up you can't do as much um, stick work can't do that much much so you know and especially as ice like you know opens up gets bigger guys are getting faster so yeah it's it's, it's definitely a different game. You know, what really first attracted me to your blog and to what you're all about is when you wrote, Why Hire a Hockey Player? Could you talk a little bit about your inspiration behind that? Uh, yeah. Um, so, I have a lot of friends and peers and players who kind of come to the end of their like, college careers um, and moving on to other you know experiences and looking at real full-time jobs. And I think... Um, it's very difficult to say what experience you have if you haven't really got had the time to 
you know, go away and do internships. Like, I've been lucky enough to, you know, be able to do that, but my fellow peers, like, they wouldn't be in, it, in the same situation. So, um, you know, just being a hockey player doesn't mean you're just a hockey player, you know, it means you learn stuff and what's transferable into, um, you know, everyday life. And, and hockey is not a game that's like football or cricket or, you know, rugby in the UK. Um, it's very much this game where it teaches you things that prepares you for the rest of your life. And there's more to take from hockey than just, you know, the fitness side of it or just, you know, winning and losing games. It's, it's something that you can take forever. And so that's something that I really want to know. I'm quite passionate about, um, you know, really writing about. And, yeah, that's really... And, and I just wanted to kind of, like, have something that, you know, it also helps hockey players who are kind of, like, in this stage now who, um, who don't really know what to kind of put forward to maybe prospective employers um, just to be able to talk about their own skills and uniqueness. Yeah, I definitely retweeted that that piece to a lot of the, uh, the high school kids that follow me, to a lot of the high school teams that... Uh, happen to follow me here in the Hudson Valley. And uh, again, if you're interested in learning more about Sam uh, and his and his blog, definitely check out www.samchima.com. Um, he's got not just articles and, and pieces on hockey, but he also has a couple of other pieces. Recently, I, I read, you know, why we must be curious in times of retreating. Um, I like that piece, and you wouldn't believe it if I told you. So again, it's not just about hockey. Um but uh, I do want I do want to ask you though uh, two a couple more hockey related questions if I could um, tell us a little bit more about I did I did some research in preparation for our, our chat today tell us more about top shelf hockey if you can yeah so um, my buddy Mike Guerra uh, he played in the Federal League and he also played out in Stony Brook um, he's from Long Island he's a bit older than me he's been kind of running camps in um, Port Washington in the summer for the last five six years. And um, the last four years, I've come on board, and we're really trying to take it to the next level. So we see a lot of camps right now who, you know, a lot of individual coaches from teams, like, kind of tell their kids they have to be at their own summer skates. Right. And a lot of kids go to them, but they don't really get work on their individual skills. They're doing more breakout systems throughout the whole summer, and they're working on team play. So we kind of want to develop a camp that was four days a week, but, you know, you're only on the ice for an hour two days a week and then the other two days you're in the gym and you have a structured program that's, it, that's basically specialized to each individual athlete um, to work on their own skills and getting better. So, you know, we do a lot of skating, a lot of power skating, a lot of stick work, um, individual like video analytics, um, and then obviously a lifting program because we have them for eight weeks. We can start them on some, a heavy lifting program and start. And then move into like plyometrics, getting ready for you know the season, like hitting the ground running, basically in September. So, and our kids last summer we had youngest was thirteen, and the oldest was twenty one. Um, one of our guys goes to Boston College, plays club hockey there. Um, so yeah, so we have a bit of a mix, but it's it's really really good, and um, we're now trying to get more goalies involved as well because if we can get a really good goalie coach on board, we can um, you know just expand our offering and you know get each kid individualized kind of um treatment 
and I have to say, you know, your international experience coupled with, you know, your the time you spend in the States certainly gives you a very unique perspective. So those young people are, are very lucky to have you um, as part of the top shelf um, hockey team. Uh, what about Snipetown? You know, as I was playing around on your website and I, and I found the link to Snipetown. Can you tell us a little bit about that too? Yeah, Snipetown's really cool. Um, so yeah, so Evan and Jack started a magazine a couple of years back. Um, and I kind of came across it, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. It's, it's basically unearthing all the unique stories that are, are, are kind of bubbling beneath the surface in hockey. Um, all the, not necessarily the top level, like all the celebrity stories, but all like the, you know, the throwback jerseys that people are wearing and like the culture of the sport. And, um, and my own kind of like creative intuition and how I, you know, to see the world. I really liked it a lot, so I reached out to them. I was like, "Hey, how can I help? And how can I grow them small?" And we got chatting. So I came on board, and I'm kind of like, you know, just helping grow this like to a bigger platform. Yeah, and we're looking at getting issue free printed. Um, we do a lot of work with NYU with Chris uh, Constantino, their head coach, and he's got a little piece there. And they just won the national championship this season, and he just got voted um, coach of the year. So it's, we're just trying to. Um, you know, it tells hockey in a unique spotlight that hasn't been even done before and um, over print. Our digital means are kind of like, we're kind of, we're there, but we, we don't really want to be there. We, we, the print is like bread and butter, so issue one and two were a success, so issue three hopefully will be another success. Yeah, definitely, again, uh, to everyone who's going to be listening to this later on, definitely check out Snipetown. There's some great behind-the-scenes and some kind of, you know, off the beaten path, uh, hockey related stories for sure. I know you split your time again between New York and London. You're actually calling me from, you know, from uh, Great Britain right now. Um, but you did spend a little bit of time in the Hudson Valley, particularly at um, SUNY New Paltz. Can you just yeah. uh, sh- uh, share a little bit with us, you know, what you enjoyed the most about your time in the Hudson Valley? Yeah, so it was kind of bizarre. Um, I was able to, with my education in the UK, um, spend the time in America, and uh, the partnership was actually a new pulse. So I was like, well, it's only an hour and 15 minutes in the city, so that's not too bad for me. I can commute if I need to be. Um, I didn't know much about a new pulse before I went, um, so it was a bit of a shock. It's not the, the biggest sporting university I've ever been to. Right. Um, but I did, when I, before I went there, I reached out to... Um, Kevin Beck, um, over at Hudson Valley Polar Bears, didn't know anything about the Polar Bears, um, just like, hey, I'm in the area, I'd like, I'd like to help coach if I can, so briefly, I spent a lot of time coaching the guys down there, um, U16, um, but then, you know, as time gets in the way and whatnot, um, I had to stop doing that pretty, like, a couple months into it, but, yeah, it's, um, New Pulse was uh, an experience that I would take with me forever, but um, after the first semester, I, I moved back to the city and just commuted up when I needed to commute, and um, yeah. Yeah, I'm about 45 minutes uh, south of New Paltz, still in Orange County. I spend a lot of time at Ice Time as well, and I appreciate you retweeting some of that Monroe Woodbury hockey stuff too. We're still yeah, I, I think um, a couple of guys I coached, Dorney. Yep. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, who else went there? A couple other guys played polar bears. Um, so yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, why not? Like, just help the cause because you know, 
mean more hockey teams, not less hockey teams in the world. So yeah, I mean Monroe Woodbury is the only hockey team, high school hockey team in Orange County. So you know um, the the school board, the superintendent, the athletic director. I feel made a very rash decision without having all the facts. But it looks like uh, there was a meeting earlier this week between parents of the players and the school board and superintendent. And it looks like they are going to reinstate the program. I haven't gotten official word oh. yet on that. So that's but that's good news indeed. Um, you know. We chatted about this before we actually started recording. Uh, who is your favorite professional hockey team, if you have one, Sam? Um, yeah, so the first, you know, I've been back in New York for the last four years has to be the Rangers. Um, yeah, just, I've been going in the garden now, back and forth, so. Uh, I was there in the Stanley Cup Finals, game three and four against the Kings, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they won the cup before I was born the same year, so it'll be cool to see it that happens this year. But again, I, I think like the NHL now, the way it's balanced and the way um, guys have drafted, guys have been traded, it's it's pretty much anyone's game come yeah. playoff time. Yeah, do you, can I get a playoff prediction from you, Sam? We're facing the Canadians starting next week. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I think like that's obviously battle of the goaltenders, who's going to be hot, and obviously... Lungfist recently hasn't been, you know, it's been on and off and and off again. So I don't know who's ever going to. I think it's going to go to seven. It normally does. Let's hopefully Chris Curry doesn't fall and carry Price again. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's going to be something there. But then you got like Shea Weber and like you know. And is it Radulov as well? They've got who's like yeah. Oh, Radulov's been reinvigorated. He you know went over to the KHL. We mentioned you know mentioned the KHL earlier when we talked a little bit about the international scene. But yeah, he went over to the KHL, came back, and he's really cleaned up his act. He's kind of been rejuvenated up there in Montreal. Yeah, and this is another thing like leads on to like this year these guys who are free agents, the Russians. Yep. Like next year, if the NHL says they're not going, then it's going to go. All right, we'll go play in the KHL for a year, earn more money. Right. For one year, make contract, play in the Olympics, and then come back to the NHL. So, um, it's going to be, yeah, the, the, I think the going back to the playoffs, I think it's going to be interesting. Like, I would like to see the Caps win it if it was another other team, even though I had to say it. Like, it had to be the Rangers to get there. But, um, yeah, you know, Ovechkin, like, if you look at his numbers over the years and how he's evolved as a player more so, um, yeah, he deserves a cup as well, and like his time's running out. So yeah, I uh, I have uh, I've never played the game, so I'm definitely going to defer to you because you you've played the game, you you still play the game to this day. I'm not sure the Caps are ever going to win a Stanley Cup with Ovechkin as the captain. I don't know. I just think that there's something. They, they brought in other coaches, as you know. They brought in different pieces, Justin Williams, TJ Oshie. They recently brought in Kevin Shattenkirk. And hockey is so much of a mental game, and they haven't gotten out of the second round in, you know, the longest time. So I think uh, it's it's going to be a heck of a, a, a Stanley Cup playoffs for sure. Um, I, I actually think the Rangers are going to pull it out in six games. Um, but as you alluded to, it might go seven because the Rangers can never take uh, the easy way out of anything. They usually drag these series <laughs> out seven yeah, games. Well, like, yeah, if Toronto made the playoffs yet, they, they secured it. Uh, I don't believe they've secured it yet. This weekend is going to come down to uh, Toronto, Ottawa. I think the Islanders might still have a chance, although I'm not sure what the Tampa win. Tampa beat Montreal last night, so I'm not 100% sure what that could do to the Islanders' playoff chances. But we'll, we'll definitely know come Sunday night 
Um, and I am going to do a Rangers playoff preview show, so maybe I can get uh, a tweet from you with your uh, prediction as well on that. But I'm going Rangers in six, and I think if the Rangers can beat the Canadiens, they definitely should have an easier time in the second round with whoever's left. Um, and then ultimately the Eastern Conference Finals, we'll have to see who they uh who they're going to match up against. The way the playoff format is right now, you're going to wind up losing one of these top teams after the first round. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, let's say Columbus or, or Washington. You know, because one of those one of those teams isn't going to move on, which is unfortunate. But uh, um, do you have a favorite professional hockey player? Not necessarily on the Rangers, Sam, from either currently or you know from previous years. Um. Charlie, someone in the show, uh, oh, I don't know, like, I play with a guy who's played his rookie year this year, Brendan Pellini, um, he's in Arizona, and I would say he's probably the one I'm following the most right now, okay. just to see how well he's doing, like, yeah. he started the year in the AHL, with Tucson, um, literally, you know, kind of had the attitude where I'm going to show you what I can do. And really did do that, especially after his last OHL year last year wasn't probably as good as they wanted him to be. Um, so yeah, so I'll probably say I'm following Brendan quite a bit. So he's probably my favorite right now, just because you know I've got a bit of a connection with him, and you know I used to play with him when we were youngsters. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hockey is more than just a sport. And uh, at the recent Monroe Woodbury board meeting I attended. A lot of the current and former players said that, that we're a family, we're a brotherhood. So it makes sense that because you played with him and you have a connection with him, that you certainly would be interested in following um, how he's doing. So, um, Sam, tell us, uh, as we wrap up here, and again, thank you so much for taking the time out. This has been great. Um, Tell us how we can get in touch with you um, if we want to learn more about Sam Chima and what you're all about. Yeah, you can just reach out to me, really. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, at SamChima21. Um, obviously, I have a website. But yeah, just literally reach out if you ever want to you know, talk. You know, use me from time to time. I don't mind. Um, yeah, just that's it, really. I'm not really a closed door. Like, I'll probably be back stateside for good soon. So yeah, and I'm sure I'll be around the rinks. Excellent, excellent. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye out for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure when once you get back stateside that we uh, we meet in real life. So um, I'll, I'll put this I'll put this out there for you. The website is uh, www.samchima.com. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at samchima21. Also on Instagram, uh, uh, samchima21, and at samchima page on Facebook. So um, that's uh, that's. We've been chatting with, I've been chatting with Sam Chima, uh, professional hockey player, author, creative strategist. Um, It's been a blast. Uh, Sam, thank you again so much for, um, you know, for taking the time to call in today. I really do appreciate it. That's all right, Travis. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it too. All right. Listen, you have a great rest of your weekend. Yes, buddy. I appreciate it, bud. All right. Take care, man.
I hope you enjoyed this in the box special edition of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, powered by Capiche.com, the number one destination for hockey talk in our region. And if you like the music you've heard throughout this episode, check out the EP Broken Walls by Fracture, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can also find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.fractureofficial.com on the web. Fracture will be performing along with Joyride, Between the Rain, Six Miles Out, Behind Bars, and The Lounge Act at the Tallman Firehouse, located at 289 Route 59 on Friday, April 21st. Doors open at 6.30 p.m., and a $5 donation will be accepted, with all proceeds going to support the Tallman Fire Department. On Friday, May 12th, Fracture will be performing at the Nyack Center, located at 58 Depew Avenue in Nyack, along with Distract the Guards, Sick, Behind Bars, Flammable Animals, and Sexy Heroes. Doors open at 7 p.m., and tickets are only $5. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.